Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Mark 14, 1 through 31. Today we begin to arrive at one of the more solemn places in the scripture. Uh, and in Mark, we get to the account uh, we'll be getting to in chapter 14 of Mark, uh, the betrayal, the arrest, and then in chapter 15, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And as we get here in Mark, a gospel that does emphasize Jesus as the suffering servant, as we look today and tomorrow at Mark 14, I want us to notice the quiet resolve of Jesus. Earlier, we observed uh, Jesus literally leading the charge up the hill, even though he knows where it ends for him. He knows the suffering that is hand that is at hand. We're going to see more of that resolve as we go through this chapter, and we'll see uh, some things we can contrast that to, and we're going to see some ways that we should respond to that as well. Uh, chapter 14 begins with the chief priests and the scribes uh, trying to come up with a plan to kill Jesus. And then it shifts to this scene that we'll probably get more detail and color on in the Gospel of John. Uh, but here it just tells us about a woman who breaks this flask of ointment and anoints Jesus with it. It says it points it over, he, she poured it over his head. And people are upset because this ointment cost about a year's wages and saying, oh, we could have given it to the poor. And they scold this woman. But Jesus said, leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you and whenever you want, you can do good for them, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. And truly, I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. So there we see Jesus defending this woman when other are literally, it says, scolding her. And we'll come back to this in uh, a moment. Um, but then we see Judas. And as we look at all the gospels, it does seem perhaps that this episode was a final straw for Judas. Um, and, and this is what causes him to go to the chief priests to betray Jesus. And then we see, like we did with Matthew, Jesus sets things up. Uh, so Judas will not know where the Last Supper will be. Uh, obviously, they didn't call it the Last Supper ahead of time, but well, that's what we refer to it as. Um, we, Jesus sets it up because he wants that time with his disciples. And he, he gets that time. He says that one of them is going to betray him and, and they don't know. And then he institutes the Lord's Supper. Uh, take, this is my body, he says, as he breaks the bread and blesses it and gives it to them. And then taking the cup and when he had given thanks, they drank it. And he said, this is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. And this is what we know as the Lord's supper or the Lord's table or communion. Uh, when we as a church take the bread and drink the cup in remembrance 
of Christ. And then the final thing we'll look at today as we're looking at verses 1 through 31 is uh, Jesus saying to his disciples, you're all going to fall away, uh, which by that he means abandon him that night. Um, And he quotes from the Old Testament, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, truly, I tell you this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he emphatically said, I, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. So that kind of walks us through the passage for today. Let's notice some things in contrast to the quiet resolve of Jesus moving towards his suffering for our behalf. We notice a couple contrasts. We notice the the, the self-seeking of Judas. When Judas wasn't getting what he wanted, he betrays Jesus. Uh, and unfortunately, I think that's, uh, that's uh, there's a lot of people today that follow a similar track. Now, obviously, they're not literally selling uh, Jesus off for 30 pieces of silver and betraying the Lord in the flesh, but they are betraying the Lord in, in one sense. I do think there are people that will come to church. They will make a profession of faith. They will look like a Christian, but someday they'll realize I'm not getting what I want out of this. And that will be the final straw for them. And they will abandon the church. They will abandon the faith. And that's where consider the words of Jesus when he says to Judas, it would have been better for that man if he had not been born. Now, obviously, Judas is a unique situation in terms of history. But think of uh, just Hebrews, other places. Um, It's a danger for those that uh, know Christ on some level. They're familiar with his teachings. They have um, listened to the truth. They know the truth, but then they turn away from it. That is a dangerous thing. And so we see the the contrast of Jesus's resolve with the self-centeredness of Judas. We also see the quiet resolve of Jesus contrasted with the not-so-quiet bravado of Peter. We'll get more into this in the rest of chapter 14, but you see Jesus faithfully going ahead towards his crucifixion, and you see Peter, on the other hand, very confident in his own self, Uh, you know, very loudly, emphatically saying, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. Well, spoiler alert, he's going to deny Jesus before the chapter is over. And we'll get more into tomorrow of you know what may lead to that and what even feeds the quiet resolve of Jesus. But we want to heed those warnings and not fall into the trap of the self-centeredness of Judas or the, the self-confident bravado of Peter. Instead, there's a couple things that I think we should do in response to this chapter. And one of them is we should remember Christ. Uh, Just even as we think about um, the Lord's table, that is something that we do to remember. So even as we read about the institution of the Lord's table, we should take time to remember as we read this, what Jesus did for us. And this should highlight those times when your church does that. My church, Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, we do it the first Sunday of every month. Maybe your church does it more often than that or less often than that. But whenever your church does that, that should be 
a special moment, a sacred moment in your own mind where you are remembering the death of Christ and you are remembering his body being broken for you, his blood being shed for you and what that means for you. And I want to encourage you as we get to this somber and serious part of the gospel of Mark, take time to truly reflect on that. Take time to remember what Jesus has done. And even be honest, well, there is sin in you. And we can't just look at, oh, well, look at Judas and look at Peter and, whoa, I'm not like them. No, you were a sinner. And without the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, without his sacrifice on your behalf, you would have nothing. Spiritually, absolutely nothing. And so take time to pause today. Take time to remember what Jesus has done for you. And then take time to worship. We see this woman at the beginning of the chapter. We'll come back to that now, just extravagantly worshiping Jesus. And that needs to be, even if you don't go take some expensive ointment in your house, right? right? That really needs to be our hearts. Our hearts need to be set on extravagant worship for Jesus. I mean, this woman, and we'll get more into John as to why this woman may have done what she had done, but I think there's an incredible level of gratitude for Jesus. And let me tell you, you should have an incredible level of gratitude for Jesus Christ. And that gratitude should be amplified as you think of his death on your behalf. And so take time to remember that today and take time to worship Jesus today, to pour out your love, to pour out your thanks to him, to pour out your affection to him for what he has done for you. Remembering that without his quiet resolve and his sacrifice, you would have absolutely nothing. And so while this section of Mark may seem more serious, more somber, I think it should be a rich time for us of reflection and worship as we express our gratitude for what Jesus has done for us. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.